Shea Patterson. Yeah, I, okay, I see that tweet now. Man, that is a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> Holy So God. these guys are so... Shut up, Sam. I'm really sorry for the messed up intro, but these guys are so busy talking about the stupid USFL. <sighs> the league that some of us are not going to go ahead and tune into. But yeah, if it ends up being interesting based on what we see at social media, we are going to tune into it. At least I will. But anyway, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Fireside Bears podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. Make sure you're following myself, Sam Stevenson, and Joe Herf on Twitter at Usaid Koshad Shai Sports Sam and at Joseph Herf NFL. Make sure you're liking, commenting, subscribing on our YouTube channel. Drive a five-star rating and review for the podcast. But enough of the USFL talk guys how we doing tonight we are good we're going to talk about the usfl anyway so quickly my team is the new orleans breakers kyle slaughter baby chicago bears tryout legend so besides that, uh, no, no, i'm doing good i'm doing good uh but uh i didn't want to talk about it yet but we got our drinks ready um i'll let you said talk about why but uh no things are going well work um working out um, got my laptop fixed today, hopefully. So uh, we'll see how it goes to see. Oh, I'll put the over under at 45 minutes to when my laptop um, stops working again. So we'll see. I am uh, also good. My schedule is kicking my butt a little bit, but um, I go to bed early enough that I feel like I, I recover quickly. Uh, but almost a month into an internship, which has been going really well. Um, but here to talk Bears. We're picking USFL teams, by the way. I have to go with Michigan Panthers, uh, Shai Patterson, uh, Michigan alum. Uh, but um, may, maybe I'll take a game out or two. Not sure how committed I'll be to that in April. But uh, I'm ready to talk about my team, though, the Chicago Bears, and uh, to, to celebrate uh, an occasion of the podcast that I will also let you said explain. Yeah, so it's interesting because when we rebranded to Fireside Bears, and for those of you guys that know, you know, Sam, myself, and one other person kind of started the Barely Hibernating podcast. And then we just want to give a big thank you to Alex Wilson and everything he's done at Empire Sports Media because Alex kind of approached me with the opportunity through some other connections. Big shout out to Anthony Rivardo too, by the way when we used to cover the Giants together. But Alex approached me and he's just like, hey, you know, we would love to have you come over to Empire Sports Media and bring the podcast over so that you can go ahead and you can rebrand to Fireside Bears and just build out the Bears portion of the company. And, you know, I agreed. So I brought Sam along with me, brought a couple other people. You know, meeting Max Smith has certainly been great, too. He's been such a proponent with the YouTube channel, guys. I can't thank Max enough and Sam as well as Joe just for all he does but you know we reached 5,000 downloads this past weekend I think I woke up on Saturday or Sunday morning and saw we hit that milestone it was a pretty sweet one because I feel like you know people don't realize like all the work that we put in behind the scenes obviously you know you guys see whatever the finished product is you know in terms of the podcasts and the articles and the TikToks and the YouTube but then just the hours and hours and hours that go into this behind the scenes in terms of show preparation and you know getting guests on and we're certainly thankful to all our guests as well so we hit 5,000 downloads guys here's to the next 5,000 we're certainly going to go ahead and continue to build this I promise you right now I intend on being here at Fireside Bears and providing the best Bears content for as long as I can but we just want to say thank you so much guys for all the support that you've given us 
you know, when we started off as barely hibernating, then when we rebranded to Fireside Bears and just all the friends that we made along the way as well. So I can't say thank you enough because your sport means the world. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. What you drinking, Sam? Uh, Coors Banquet beer. Oh, that's what my dad's actually drinking right now upstairs. I got a uh, Bud Light Seltzer hard soda. Yeah, those are those are fantastic. Oh yeah, very this sweet. I great. I had my um, you know, I have dinner at my desk every night because again, there's so many hours that go into it. So I have these beer naked granola protein, the original cinnamon. Um, you know, good stuff that I picked up at Jewel because it was on sale. I got my uh, 32 ounce water bottle. Always comes in handy, but makes my backpack feel like it's a bajillion pounds. And then I have double stuffed Oreos somewhere too, and I'm pretty sure Chex Mix. But that's my dinner for tonight. I'll have a salad after this. This is the appetizers to the actual, you know, three course meal that's coming up. But guys, let's get right into it. You know, there's a lot of free agent decisions that need to be made because the Bears have. Guys that are not going to come back, like Allen Robinson and, and Akeem Hicks. But I think the first thing we have to get into is this. There's so many debates on Bears Twitter about players that are under contract for 2022. And in some cases, 2023, you've got someone such as Eddie Goldman, Tariq Cohen, Cody Whitehair, Nick Foles, Danny Trevathan. You know, in my mind, when I look at that list right there, I think the only – there's two players, I should say, that should be on the roster in – 2022 right that are guaranteed spots and that's Cody Whitehair and Nick Foles because I think when you look at Cody Whitehair and Nick Foles you ultimately have to understand that both of them are going to provide that veteran presence you know Cody Whitehair is not the leader that Kyle Long was but he certainly brings a lot of experience to the offensive line and maybe just maybe new offensive line coach Chris Morgan can get the best out of him when I look at Nick Foles and I tweeted this today people want Nick Foles and Andy Dalton gone but let's be real the Bears have not had a competent backup quarterback in so damn long to the point where you look at it and it actually cost this team Super Bowl trips in the past two yes I'm looking at Caleb Haney in 2010 now when I look at this team right now, we ultimately have to look at something. I would be in favor of bringing Nick Foles back, specifically because his connection and relationship with Justin Fields should mean something to all of us. But in the greater context, his former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, was the guy who basically helped Matt Eberflus kickstart his NFL head coaching career. So when I look at that, Eberflus's connection to Frank Reich and then Reich's connection to Nick Foles, I think plays really well into just trying to be a leader in the locker room and have somebody here as a veteran presence that's going to come in and help establish whatever Matt Eberflus is trying to establish. So Nick Foles may not be the flashiest name at back quarterback, but I would certainly want to keep him around. And then when I look at guys like Tariq Cohen and Danny Trevathan, as well as Eddie Goldman, I think those three names, Tariq Cohen's as good as gone because he's someone that I look at and you're like, you know what? Khalil Herbert's here and the Bears should not be reinvesting in a running back that quite frankly, missed all of 2021, just does not bode well. And then Danny Trevathan's getting too old, and then he's way too injury-prone. I think Danny Trevathan, in the six or seven seasons he's been in Chicago, has played just one full year. Eddie Goldman's questionable. He's going to be a post-June 1st cut. That's because that's when the Bears save the most money. Regarding Eddie Goldman, as I wrap up here and transition over to lovely Dovely Herf, I am going to say one thing. Eddie Goldman's contract structure being post-June 1st, 
allows the Bears to make him a post-June first cut. That works in your favor because you do a free agency as well as the NFL draft to go ahead and find a true three technique that is so valuable in Matt Eberflus's defense. Also, last point I'm going to make here, I promise before I shut up with Sam's getting tired of me, is that I do look at Eddie Goldman and say, is he a player that has is completely out of gas? No. He's got more than enough left in the tank. But ultimately, when it comes to Eddie Goldman, he's not going to go somewhere else and be great. He'll just be serviceable. Yeah, so I'll kind of go through each of them, too, like you did, but a little bit shorter, a little, probably less detail. Um, for starters, Eddie Goldman, I agree. Um, Post-June first cut, uh, he's more of a 3-4 fade. doesn't really fit the 4-3 scheme. Um, really don't see him being much of a force. You're paying him kind of money that you'd want to pay, a, like you were saying, a solid three technique defense alignment in. He's not that. Um, the that kind of quality of player is someone you get out of someone like Hakeem Hicks. And Eddie Goldman's not that. Eddie Goldman's kind of the run stuffing. Like that's about it. Interior defense alignment that kind of just lines up over the centers and nose. And that doesn't fit the four the four three slash four two five scheme that Ibrufus is going to be running a lot of. So unfortunately, I think he's gone. Um, Tariq Cohen is so hit or miss for me. I think it really depends on his recovery. Um, I think if he's still not on the practice field by the time they start reporting and he's still not 100%, I think he's gone. Like, that's just unacceptable he's taking this long. I, I know we've been hearing reports that it is a lot of mental issues in terms of his injury, and that's why he's been taking so long. But you, you can't be having that contract and getting that kind of money in a new system. Maybe if Pace was still here and Nagy, since they you know kind of started with him, kind of re- got his career going. Maybe they have a little more sympathy, but with a guy like Ryan Poles is brand new, Eberflus is brand new, they're not going to care as much. They're going to say, sorry, we need to replace you. And, I mean, if they keep Jakeem Grant, they basically already did. So I think that would be the case there. Cody White here, like you're saying, good to have a veteran presence on the offensive line, especially if you're going to uh, start both, possibly Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borm. You do need a veteran offensive lineman on that line um, who's been on the Bears for a while and knows the players especially if you're expecting a new center to come in, like possibly Brian Allen, uh, possibly a left tackle too. So definitely would be good to have a mainstay there. And like you're saying, the new offensive line coach could possibly get the most out of him, um, even possibly moving him to center too. Um, Nick Foles definitely keeping him. I mean, he's a high-level backup. We saw him do it this year against the Seahawks. When Justin Fields is Justin Fields, he possibly has been getting injured a bit. It'd be good to keep Foles in-house. Danny Trevathan, I guess it depends how the market goes for inside linebacker and how um, – the draft goes itself. I like Trevathan enough. I don't, I think he struggles in a uh, two two linebacker system just because that it's just him and Roquan. If there's three linebackers, maybe he'll do a little better. Maybe he could be a solid, just middle linebacker, just run stuffing linebacker with Roquan on the outside and somebody else on the outside, like Ogletree or a draft pick or a new signee. So I'd be okay with keeping him. I guess it just depends on the market, who they could possibly bring in and who could they possibly draft. So, He's more tentative along with Cohen, but again, Goldman gone, Cohen tentative, um, Cody Whitehair keep, Nick Foles keep, Trevathan tentative. Whew, man, it is hard to be the third person in this question because there's not a whole lot else I can add here, but I'll do my best and I'll keep it quick. Um, so for the most part, I agree with kind of both the the decisions that you guys are making. Um, I actually think Cody Whitehair is a sneaky cut um, for the Bears. While I do uh, understand the aspect of having a veteran guy on the offensive line, if Ryan Poles wants to build the offensive line in his image and Cody Whitehair isn't in that plan, then I could see the Bears moving on solely just because he is going to be turning 30. He might actually already be 30. I know he's going to not, you know, he's got a few more years left on his contract. I'm pretty sure he's free agent 2025. 
And ultimately, if they want to get younger and on that offense line in the interior, whether that's drafting somebody early in the draft or addressing it through free agency, if, if that's where they want to spend the most money, I could see Whitehair just going simply just because of salary cap purposes. I think he had a bad year this year. I didn't think he was that particularly great. And at this point, he's kind of in the part of his contract where the real money's starting to come in. Uh, the biggest thing that I can say is these are all guys that I think got deals because of Ryan Pace. Um, and I ultimately think Ryan, I could justify, I could just, not me justifying, I could see Ryan Pohl saying you're all gone. Um, solely just because of the money, solely because of a new image, solely just because they're trying to change things up. On the defense side of the ball, I really like the points that you brought up, Joe, with Eddie Goldman uh, and the free agency market for linebackers, potentially keeping Danny Trevathan. I think the Bears might cut their losses. Again, Trevathan was a guy who got that deal, that second deal with Ryan Pace. The Bears elected to re-sign him over Nick Klotowski. Kind of look where that ended up happening. Again, health has been an issue. Age is becoming an issue. He's not the same linebacker he once was. And Eddie Goldman, I just don't think, has been very healthy. And, again, I understand he opted out because of COVID. All respect for that. But he didn't look great in 2021. I think he took a step back. And I think he got some criticism for it. And I think he got exposed a little bit. Nothing really else to add on Tariq Cohen. I don't think you should have paid a utility player like that in the first place. I love Tariq Cohen's game. But just not the position that the Bears need to be spending a lot of money on. Again, they have depth at running back this year. Um, and it's hard to justify Nick Foles cap hit. I don't think you cut him just because I think you're getting more dead cap back than, than money that you can actually spend. If a team is willing to, to throw in a, a day three pick and a trade to bring him in as a veteran backup. Uh, again, I know rumors of that spiraled last year and during the trade deadline, maybe this year it's going to actually happen because I agree with you. He's a serviceable backup. He showed us this year in the one game that he played that he can still win for and again, I think Justin Fields' health is a little bit of a concern. I think he got hurt a few times this year. Now, I think he saw everything and anything that a starting NFL quarterback can see. So there's some justification there. But if the Bears need a guy to step in who's a veteran, who can help kind of be that almost quarterback's coach for him, and ultimately Nick Foles can win some games. I'm not saying he's a long-term guy. I don't think he's a guy you build a franchise around, although the Bears, I guess, tried to do that. Um, but he can win you football games. So I don't really have, again, too, too much else to add. Um, I think both you said and Joe kind of hit it on the head pretty quickly. Um, but ultimately, the one thing I'll just add is, again, reemphasizing the fact that if you're a new GM and your image of what you want this roster to look like doesn't involve any of these guys, I could justify cutting all of them, even eating some more dead cap space, just so that you can just start to say, hey, this is the direction we're going with. We want to get younger on the offensive line. We want to get younger on the defense. And, you know, we want to be able to build through the draft and through free agency in the second and third waves. So um, I would say I think Nick Foles probably has the best chance to stay on the roster. I say, would say Cody White here too, but I could absolutely see Foles cutting all five of these guys. Yeah, look, uh, you know, Sam, you brought up a great point that I kind of want to expand on is – Let's talk about some of the names, okay? Eddie Goldman, Tariq Cohen, Cody Whitehair. I mean, there is something to be said because all three of these guys are Ryan Pace draft picks. Keep in mind that Trevathan and Nick Foles are not. And so naturally the dynamic regarding a narrative surrounding them is certainly different. But when you look at Goldman, Cohen, and Whitehair, I think we have to – look, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves here because – after that 2018 season, Goldman, Cohen, and Whitehair, you could have very easily seen – and understood as to why some of them 
became building blocks because the Bears did view these guys as building blocks. I mean, that 2018 defense, I don't think we give Eddie Goldman enough credit for everything that he did. And then certainly Tariq Cohen's most productive career year came in 2018. And then Cody White here too, I think, got the extension going into the 2019 season. But I think, you know, the point I'm trying to make here is this, is that these three guys were paid all relatively around the same, like two to three year time frame because Goldman in 2018, White here 2000 and... 19 and then Tariq Cohen in 2020 but they were all building blocks too now with Foles and Trevathan I think the dynamics different because you know the Bears pretty much paid the Jaguars to take Nick Foles off their hands and then the Bears kind of doubled down after Trevathan had like one healthy season and said no we are gonna go with Danny Trevathan because at the time I think the three four the that the um, Bears were running the defense, right? It was certainly much better suited for a guy like a Danny Trevathan than I think it was a Nick Kwiatkowski. And I think with Nick Kwiatkowski, some team was going to overpay for him to be a starter, and the Raiders did that. But anyways, getting away from that here, and we'll touch on it more on our YouTube channel when one of our special guests comes on next week or probably this podcast. I have no idea, okay, because we do a lot of work. But... What about impending free agents for the Bears, Sam? Because the Bears have a lot of names. You're looking at Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks that are headlining Chicago's very own free agency class. Andy Dalton, Jermaine Ifedi, Deion Bush, Elijah Wilkinson, Damian Williams, and Jesse James is in there. So is Artie Burns, Marquis Christian, Jesper Horsett. Any of those free agents that you're bringing back at all, man? Uh, I want to just quickly address something really fast with this first point, and then I'll, I'll get to your question you said. Um I really like that you brought up the fact of like the value that these guys had when the team was building a roster that they thought could win a Super Bowl, right? That 2018 team, that roster was built really well. But ultimately, when things fall apart and they no longer work, what Ryan Pace tried to do was justify overpaying for positions to try to keep that kind of core of, we're still the 2018 Bears, our defense is great, our offense is going to get better. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why, again, I could see Ryan Poles being like, we are starting over with these positional groups and that's why you guys are all getting kicked to the curb and we need to try to get as much money back as possible because we know we can't spend a lot of money right now but once this season's over if justin fields takes the next step you better watch out for 2023 so i just wanted to throw that point out there really quickly um but to go to your question about impending bears free agents i, I think we've talked about this a little bit and i've thrown some names out there as well um so i, I kind of focused on guys who were brought in on like sort of short cheap one-year veteran deals, uh, guys who just kind of fill in positional groups, um, guys who just fill in roster needs. Um, and, and a guy that's named that keeps popping up that I think could be a camp body uh, that has a connection to Justin Fields is, a, you know, we talk about the veteran presence and, and I think is a good candidate to potentially be brought back even just to compete for, uh, for a spot on the roster is uh, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin's getting older, and I understand that his his style of play and his explosiveness is going to start to diminish a little bit. But when he was healthy and he was able to play, I really liked what the Bears' offense had in him. Again, I still think he's that guy who can stretch out the defense. You know, Justin Fields' deep ball accuracy is good, and I think when he connected to Marquise Goodwin, it benefited them exponentially. And, and again, he's a guy who who can you know this is going to potentially be a brand new Bears wide receiver core. I mean, the only kind of consistency that you're bringing back is a Darnell Mooney and, and potentially Daz Newsome who, who may or may not make the roster. You never know what's going to happen. Um, Mooney seems to be the only lock for sure. You're probably going to have a rookie wide receiver in there. You're probably going to have a few free agent additions. Why not bring back a guy on a camp deal like Marquise Goodwin 
who knows kind of the Bears offense a little bit. Again, it's probably going to change, but understands kind of how Justin Fields can play. Still got some gas left in him. He's not going to be that expensive, I don't imagine. Now, if he's going to go test the market, all for that, I'm not going to waste, you know, Bears shouldn't waste a lot of money on a guy like that. But again, we've talked a little bit about impending Bears free agents, so I wanted to focus more on on these kind of one-year veteran guys who I think actually deserve to be back on the roster. I like Goodwin. I like his game. I like him as a player, both on and off the field. I would love to see him back in Chicago in 2022 on the right deal. Yeah, I do like Marquis Goodwin a lot. Um, a big name, obviously, I, I kind of touched on it a bit, Jakeem Grant. Um, I really like the kind of versatility he provides on the offense. I think he can essentially replace Cohen in his uh, you know joker type of role on the offense and and be that guy that catches the short pass and just breaks out for a huge game. I mean, we saw him take sweeps and, and take screenplays for enormous gains, and it Gave the Bears' offense an enormous spark, especially against the Packers in that uh, in their game that was a high-scoring game. So, I think bringing him back should be maybe not a priority, but it should be pretty high up there, just due to the fact that again, no wide receiver core at all, just basically Mooney locked up only, and the fact that with Cohen's questionable injury and um, mental mental stuff surrounding that, you can keep him around as the punt returner, kick returner. Um, just want to touch on that first, but a main guy I really want to bring back. Um, it, Kind of goes along last year with what you were saying with Marquis Goodwin. Um, Jesse James is a guy I definitely need want to bring back. Um, the big issue with you know keeping all these guys or bringing all these new guys in is that, like you were saying, Fields has these connections he developed, and Jesse James is one of those guys he developed an incredible connection with at camp and in the preseason. And I would totally be okay if the Bears kept a very similar tight end room of basically just Jesse James, Cole Command, Jesper Horstead, and just ran those three. And that's it. Maybe even JP holds to be the fullback again. But those three, I think, are most important to keep. And you already got Cole Komet and Jesper Horst under contract. So bring Jesse James back. Keep that tight end room as a uh, as a constant for Justin Fields. Again, that, that tight end is only the security blanket for the quarterback. So rotating those guys in. I mean, Jesse James had an incredible catch in the actual season. He had a few really good plays in the preseason, too. He's a good blocker. He gets open. He catches passes like – He's a very solid high-end backup tight end who can replace either Cole Komet or just for Horset if Horset is the starting you in that situation. So definitely be a priority to bring him back, in my opinion. You know, it's interesting because for me personally, I don't think that there's certainly a lot of free agents the Bears are going to bring back. Now, what I will say is this, is that I would like to see the Bears experiment with bringing back Bilal Nichols along with bringing back James Daniels because I know and I understand that you're looking at two players that are Ryan Pace draft picks, but I also think when it comes to Bilal Nichols, people tend to forget, like, he was a defensive tackle in college. And under... Ryan Pace, Vic Fangio, and Matt Nagy, the Bears kind of just continue to do this where it's like they would draft some of these players and then they would just have them switch positions and make them basically fit the 3-4, not necessarily the 4-3. So that's why I'm saying take a look into bringing Bilal Nichols back. Regarding James Daniels, I think these Iowa players, the upside there is too great to the point where I think James Daniels can become a Pro Bowl caliber player. And certainly I would like to see the Bears look into bringing him back, but it's going to come down to one thing. It's going to come down to can James Daniels and the Bears agree on the right price. And then there's other really, you know, lower level names on here like okay Damian Williams let's just be honest the guy's 30 years old but guess what I think that Damian's got enough left in the tank and then you will get someone such as because Damian Williams let's be honest Williams Jesse James Alec Ogletree are three other names I would consider bringing back because those guys were late season ads for the 
Well, Williams was a free agent. Uh, James and Ogletree were camp ads, but those guys did have an impact for the Bears last season when they got the opportunity to play. In terms of guys I don't want to see back, I mean, Jimmy Graham, Andy Dalton, Jermaine Ifedi, you know, they should not be back. Pat O'Donnell as well as Patrick Scales, certainly questionable. I know Ryan Null's on there now. He's a restricted free agent. So, yeah, the Bears have a lot of decisions to make. Elijah Wilkinson, Demir Bird, I don't think they're going to come back just because when you look at Demir Bird, he's never really been a super productive receiver. He's always been a wide receiver three or four. And the only reason that he was in Chicago last offseason is be- or last season is because of the speed that he brought. But switching over from free agents here, I mean, let's talk about this for a second before we break into our undrafted free agent segment here real quick. Joe, I'm going to go to you on this one. Outside of the NFL draft, how do the Bears go about revamping the wide receiver room? So I think the best way, honestly, to do it is you need to bring in a high ceiling, like not not exactly a high floor, but a high ceiling type of wide receiver. The, the first guy that comes to mind for that is DJ Chark. We saw what he could do even with inconsistent quarterback play and staying healthy. He was incredible at over a thousand yards, a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, six, four, four, four speed. You, you want that in number one wide receiver. So I think you want to go after a guy like DJ Chark. I think you obviously need to keep Darnell Mooney. And then, like you said, outside of the draft, I think you just need to bring in a bunch of dudes that are basically hinge wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours that have high upside too, but save floors. So a guy like Russell Gage is a guy that comes to mind to me. Uh, he played very well for the Falcons this past year. Um, there's other guys too like that. Like last year we had Corey Davis was a guy that came up like that. Keelan Cole was another guy like that. So you need to go after a few guys like that and then also go after a one high upside wide receiver. Again, DJ Chark's kind of my guy. Um, you could also go about it just by putting all your money to one dude, like a Chris Godwin type of guy or, and, or like a Michael Gallup and then keeping Darnell Mooney and then just drafting basically. Um, and then just bringing camp, bod- camp bodies to compete. But I think the best way, honestly, to do is just build depth first. Um, again, we don't have a first-round pick. Um, I'd rather wait a bit before you actually spend a ton of money on a huge wide receiver this this, this offseason. I like Godwin a lot, don't get me wrong, but he's coming off an injury. I like Gallup a lot, don't get me wrong, he's coming off an injury. So, And they're major injuries. Like, yes, Chark's coming off an injury too, but he's not coming off a torn ACL. And Chark's coming off an injured ankle, I believe. I, I think he had ankle surgery already at the beginning of the season. He should be back already. So I think if you brought in like a guy like DJ Chark, Darnell Mooney, and then brought in guys like Keelan Cole, I believe he's a free agent too, maybe like Jamison Crowder, um, that could develop a very solid and deep wide receiver room. And then also having that guy like Jaheim Grant as the joker, um, bringing back Daz Newsom would be great too. So building depth, I think, is the most important thing this offseason. Then after that, you can kind of go after a high-level one either in the draft or the next offseason. So two things right here before I let Sam go, and then I'll round this segment out. Really quick, dude. Number one, why does over the cap have Jesper Hortzad listed as a wide receiver? And then number two, which Godwin do you like? You like Chris or Terry because there's two Godwins in this free agency class. Apparently there's Terry Godwin. I've never heard of him, but who, who did he play for? <laughs> Terry Godwin, yeah, played for, I believe, the Jaguars. So, yeah, he's only 26 years old, too. Another Terry guy. Jerome Godwin is an American football wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the National Football League. He was a seventh-round pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Interesting. Well, I, I think I would say Chris if you're going to throw a bag at him. I don't know. He had three receptions for 32 yards. In that deep Jags room, that's impressive. Only appeared in three games, so definitely cheap. 
Now we know Joe's not doing all his homework and looking at the very bottom of the list too. But go ahead, Sam. So um, obviously I think if you listen to this podcast, you're a consistent listener. Maybe you're not. Um, you know that my dream wide receiver room was going to be Michael Gallup, David Bell, and uh, Darnell Mooney. Now, I still have aspirations that that could be the Bears wide receiver room, and I would still be very excited. But I also understand that that's a lot of money to throw at the wide receiver position, especially in a year where I I really don't think the Bears are going to be competing for much. It feels like kind of a mini rebuild year. Again, it's a new GM, new head coach. We need to see what things are going to happen. We need to see what steps Justin Fields is going to take. Not saying that the Bears can't be successful. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals get all the way to the Super Bowl, and I don't think anyone thought they were going to get that far. You know, it can happen. Things happen. But with a new GM, new head coach, kind of rebranding what this team is all about, it's hard to justify that happening. So I don't see the Bears spending a lot of money. Now, one thing I will say, keep tabs on as many wide receivers as you can. The top guys are going to be expensive. I I think when you look at that top five, kind of top eight-ish guys, I think they're going to get paid a lot of money. I'm not going to be upset if the Bears spend a little extra money on a guy like a DJ Chark or Christian Kirk uh, because I do think those guys could really explode in a larger role in an offense. Absolutely have to draft a wide receiver. Now, this changes for me based on what the Bears do with like the offensive line and the secondary because if they address both of those in free free agency – I can see the Bears taking a wide receiver in the second round. However, I could also see them taking a guard or a corner. In the se- I mean, not necessarily a corner, but I could see them going offensive line in the second round as well, or maybe getting linebacker help there, or even cornerback, honestly. I-, I can see the Bears going any of those routes if they kind of focus more on wide receivers and free agency. This wide receiver class is deep, and I feel like that's always a conversation that people bring up, but when you look at the class of the guys that are going to be available in the second, third rounds, right, Obviously, we have a guy like David Bell, who a lot of Bears fans are fans of. George Pickens is another name that's been that's been brought up in the conversation with the Bears. Then you got guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Alec Pierce, who, fun fact, I actually played grade school football with. He was just as good as he was in grade school football as he is in college football. Kid's a beast. Um, but a lot of other really, really intriguing names. And you can get good value later in the draft. So I I would love to see the Bears, honestly, if they don't spend a lot of money in free agency, I don't mind them nabbing two guys. Um, But depending on how they kind of go their route with free agency, don't spend too much money. You can get good production. I think Joe brought that up a little bit. There's good names that are going to be free agents. I I like kind of the concept of bringing in these kind of hinge wide receiver three, wide receiver fours who maybe just need a bigger role in an offense. Cause, cause I do agree. This is a, this is an intriguing offense with Justin Fields. Can he get the most out of a wide receiver core that maybe those guys weren't big names last year? Um, I think you have to be a little aggressive when attacking the wide receiver market this year, but understand that this is a bears roster that's going to have a lot, a lot of holes and a lot of guys leaving in free agency. So don't spend too much. Definitely attack the draft, understand the depth of the draft, and uh, ultimately just bring the guys that are going to mesh the best with Justin Fields' play style. Okay, so for me, when I look at this, and Ryan Poles kinds of talks about, hey, I am a second and third wave kind of operator in free agency, that bodes well for the Bears because they need depth more than anything. you know. And look, I think a lot of people tend to forget, right, is like you don't go into free agency and expect to find a – true number one wide receiver in the second or third wave. No, you use the second and third wave to kind of build out your depth. And one of the big things with Ryan Pace was that he would really panic and just overpay players. And I'm not saying he overpaid Allen Robinson because at the time, you know, A-Rob for whatever, 13 
12, 13 million dollars a year in 2018 was really dirt cheap, especially considering the production that the Bears got. But when I look at this free agent wide receiver class, I want to see the Bears go after a guy like an Isaiah McKenzie. You know, the Buffalo Bills are approaching a territory where they are going to have to start prioritizing which players are important and which players are not. They're going to have to start paying some of their guys too. Some of their key pieces are free agents. So I really like Isaiah McKenzie. But then I also look at the rest of this free agent class and I say, hey, listen, why not take a chance on a guy like a Christian Kirk? Because Christian Kirk's not going to get the bag that a lot of people think he is. You know, OBJ someone that I would go ahead and avoid just because I think it is a foregone conclusion that he's coming back to the LA Rams. And then you do, you know, look at someone like Isaiah Ford too, who I think is really interesting. Certainly someone such as Michael Gallup would be great, but then it's all just going to go ahead and depend on whether or not Michael Guy was fully healthy. You know, we talk about in terms of the Packers, could the Bears look to some familiarity there and bring in a guy like an Equinemius St. Brown who had a lot of upside coming out of the 2018 draft? You look at the Colts too. I mean, they have a couple of impending free agents. Zach Pascal's one. T.Y. Hilton's not someone I would be opposed to, but it would just have to be a one- or two-year deal. And then I think one of the most intriguing names of all in this free agency class Clearly has to be a guy like a James Washington. You know, it's interesting because when I was coming or when I was scouting the 2018 NFL draft class, right? Something that I saw was I really like James Washington. Again, the Steelers have Juju Smith-Schuster to re-up. The Steelers also have Chase Claypool. So could James Washington possibly be the odd man out? That is someone that I would legitimately go ahead and consider as a free agent signing for the Bears. Definitely a name I haven't considered. Um, obviously, I think is definitely a second or third wave guy. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like while I don't want the Bears to spend too much money, I, I do think there's an opportunity to get a player of a decent standing, like a fringe wide receiver two guy who can become a wide receiver one guy. And ultimately, it is going to kind of depend on how some of these guys, you know, how the market pans out. Because I think with injuries like Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup, is a Mike, you know, is a guy like Mike Williams now suddenly a top commodity just because of his health and, and his production? Is a guy like Aaron Robinson going to actually go get paid just because guys are no longer healthy? So I think there's a lot of really good names overall, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out, which is why, again, I want the Bears to keep tabs on as many guys as possible, test out the market, and just kind of see what guys are going for. I, I think once the first kind of domino falls and the first guy gets the big contract, then everything will begin to spiral. But the Bears are going to have some time to really address who they want in this wide receiver core. And again, I think it's a guy who can mesh. They need to find a guy who can mesh well with Darnell Mooney for sure. I don't think it's a priority per se because ultimately the guy that's more important on this offense is Justin Fields. But if you can find a guy who's a little bit, you know, meshes and, and works well with Mooney's kind of style of play, you know, whether it is a guy who's more expensive or not, I just want to see this Bears offense produce. So I, I really do think this is a positional group that needs to get a lot of emphasis this offseason overall. And, and I think there's a lot of really good names that we've mentioned. Yeah, and I wanted to add one more thing too. Like we kind of we touched on it a, a bunch. I touched on it too. There are so many wide receiver three slash four guys that they can go after this offseason. That could develop into, like Sam was saying, Sam said, why does he ever choose to develop into ones? There are so many fours and threes that could develop into twos and possibly even ones. Like, I mean, Rashard Higgins. I mean, we just saw Odell Beckham be extremely held back with Baker Mayfield, and 
he just absolutely went off at the end of the season in the playoffs for the Rams before unfortunately getting injured. But Rashard Higgins could be a guy that was absolutely just held back by Baker Mayfield. We have guys like Albert Albert Wilson. I mean, again, injury, he's been injured fairly much. Um, you get guys like Keelan Cole I've talked about before. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he had that one explosive season, but then after that, Big Ben kind of took a hit, and Juju also did as well. Uh, I mean, if you just look at the list, Cedric Wilson, Byron Pringle, again, these aren't like household names, like huge name players, but these are dudes that can develop into very solid wide receiver threes for your roster. If you just go look at it, you can make the case for any of these dudes, and if I'm the Bears, I'm bringing in like four of them and just saying who can develop, who, who can help us the most day one and possibly down the line. The only other thing I really want to add, and Joe, I actually do like that you bring up that point too. There's going to be some quote-unquote big names that are going to get potentially released. There are going to be names that are going to get, you know, post-June 1st cuts are going to happen or pre-June 1st cuts are going to happen. Guys are going to opt out of contracts because of specific, you know, linings within their contracts. I could see an Amari Cooper getting cut by the Dallas Cowboys. I can see Michael Thomas moving on from the uh, New Orleans Saints. I believe he's able to opt out this year. I could see the Bengals moving on from a guy like Tyler Boyd. There is going to be names. I'm not saying that this is going to confirm happen. I'm just throwing out names into the kind of the, the the nether of free agency for the NFL. But the Bears, again, test the market. Monitor situations like that. If Amari Cooper gets cut by the Chicago or by the Dallas Cowboys and he's a free agent, I'd love for the Bears to kind of poke around in that situation. Don't overpay for a guy like that, but an Amari Cooper would be awesome in the Bears' offense. Again, like if you if if it's the you know if a guy like Michael Thomas is going to opt out of his deal just because I know he's had some health concerns, that might be a guy worth monitoring. Again, there's connections and, and, and there's just it's one of those things where I think Ryan Pace was always very quick to the gun to go and sign a guy even if he wasn't the best guy because he had to fulfill a role. Right? Did that with quarterback position last year. Went out, signed Andy Dalton. Did let the quarterback room. The quarterback situation and free agency pan out that well. Other options were available. I think Ryan Poles can be patient a little bit. He is building his offense of the future. This is not a short-term build like Ryan Pace. This is a long-term build. And again, I think ultimately the more bodies you bring in, the better. But if big names are going to get released or big names might move on from contracts, that's something worth monitoring again. I bring up Amari Cooper again because that is a name that's been spiraling around on and Cowboys, you know, kind of Twitter and stuff that he might be cut just because of salary cap reasons. I would love Amari Cooper on the Chicago Bears. So just a specific name, but there's going to be guys who are going to get released or opt out of contracts who could be really, really nice additions for the Bears. So I want Ryan Poles to be patient. That's the one thing I want everyone to get out of this message. Our new GM needs to be patient, test the market, draft a wide receiver, overhaul this offensive, you know, overhaul this offensive group and, and just get guys who can play well with fields. Listen, getting guys who can play well with fields is certainly important, but I know we've got an Illinois state alum on here who loves undrafted free agents because I know Joe understands that. Well, we all know Joe's a giant James Robinson stand, probably the biggest one on the planet, but you know, Undrafted free agents, guys, I think are a critical part, too, of just continuing to build a roster. Now, for the Bears, 
there were undrafted free agents last year that I thought when they had a chance to play, whether it was preseason or regular season, let's be honest, these guys impressed. And some of these guys like Charles Snowden had third, fourth, fifth round grades on them, but ended up slipping specifically because of injuries. Some of them were from small schools that nobody's ever heard of that went ahead like Sam Kamara and you know what did show enough to really warrant possibly earning a roster spot in the future. And then some of these guys were just had a year or two of experience under their belt, but ultimately were kind of dealt a bad hand, but always had some upside. Now, when I look at the bears undrafted free agents list, I think there's three players right now that are signed to futures contracts that I would be very okay with the bears bringing back. Number one would be Lamar Jackson, the cornerback from Oklahoma. I think that, Lamar spent two seasons with the Jets as Joe turns his camera off. And what was intriguing about Lamar Jackson, the cornerback, again, as I say this, is that he's like six foot two, right? So he's a really long and lengthy cornerback. And guess what? When you look at the look on Joe's face there, for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this, there's something to be said for that because Matt Eberflus knows how to develop cornerbacks. And I'm going to let Joe touch on this next, but I do think that Lamar Jackson's someone that had an incredible amount of upside. And then I look at... Charles Snowden, as well as Sam Kamara. And then you also look at Ladarius Mack. I think three guys on the defensive side of the ball that you could really go ahead and mold to possibly have some sort of role on this defense. Because the Bears have to understand one thing on the defensive side of the ball. Right now, they need all the youth that they can get because... Next year at this time when we're talking about getting ready to move on from Robert Quinn and in 2024 getting ready to move on from Khalil Mack, getting ready to move on from Eddie Jackson, these guys are going to make the difference. And I would certainly – well, these guys have the possibility of forming the roster foundation. And I would honestly – say this too. I do think that when you look at someone like Lamar Jackson, I would not be opposed to converting him to safety and letting him be a downhill thumper and being a strong safety. But go ahead, Josie. I mean, you talked about a bunch, so I'll just kind of touch on one. Um, I won't steal Sam's because I know who Sam wants to talk about, and I'll respect it, even though he is the guy that I would 100% talk about. But uh, definitely what Charles Snowden, I mean, he was a guy I was super high on before the draft. I mean, even in the draft process during the draft, um, I was high on, like, I didn't think the Bears would take him third or fourth round, but I saw him slipping. I saw him, you know, the rounds were going. I was like, okay, he's still on the board. Really would have liked the Bears to take him in the sixth, seventh round. Lord behold, he falls to us. As an undrafted free agent, I think he can develop a new guy like Leonard Floyd. He's got incredible length. Um, also, we talked about my camera um, and the faces I was making. I have no idea why my camera turned off randomly. I didn't touch a button. but uh, So that's why I made the weird face. Uh, but I do like Lamar Jackson a lot, too, like you talked about. Um, I do think length is important at the quarterback um, for Matt Eberflus's system. Um, I don't think there's a lot of stress on the corner. So Lamar Jackson could develop and do a solid one. But um, back, to, uh, back to Charles Snowden, I – Really thought he should have played more last year. Really thought they should have got him in the mix a little more. I mean, it's kind of hard when you got Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson um, as your kind of main two guys right there alone. And Sam Kamara was developing a little faster, obviously. So uh, I'm really excited about the potential of Charles Snowden. I think he he has the length. If he puts on some size, um, I know we had a similar situation with the Bears a few years ago when they brought in uh, Roy Robertson Harris. And he had incredible length, but not a lot of size to him. And he put on that weight and became an absolute monster defensive alignment for us. So they could go that route if they wanted to do that with him, if they wanted to put some weight on him, move him to one of those four or three defense alignment, or kind of keep him skinny and even put a little, still needs to put on a little size, put a little size on him, just keep him as a four or three uh, defensive end. So I'd be good with either one. I like him a lot. So Sam, talk about our boy. 
Uh, one thing I didn't want to add um, was I- I'm glad you brought up kind of that I like, like concept of like developing a player into another position on the defense. Cause I actually think Sam Kamara almost fits that mold for me more than Charles Stone Jr. But I could see either or of those guys flipping through. And, and that's the nice thing about having guys like that who, who have good size, who have the athleticism. And maybe you say, all right, Hey, listen, our scheme's changing. We need a guy who can fit more into this kind of scheme. You know, we need you to add 20 pounds this off season. Cause we want you to kind of play in that role. And again, Roy Robinson Harris, absolutely a huge productive player and kind of a loss. I think for the bears, honestly, in free agency got his bag in Jacksonville. Joe feels bad from last week for taking my free agent from the Rams. So thank you for letting me have the spotlight. Uh, has to be Caleb Johnson. Special teams ace, a, a, a guy who I was pretty you know, excited to watch. Loved what I saw him at preseason. First Bears player to follow me on Twitter, too. So kind of just that little bit of that connection there as well. That's why I'm a little bit biased with him. But honestly, the Bears linebacker room is going to get overhauled. I think there's going to be a lot of names that Bears fans have gotten used to in terms of depth of that to position that – are not going to be here in 2022. We talked about Dan Trevathan earlier. Um, Joel, not going to even try to pronounce his last name. Everyone calls him Iggy. Uh, has that cryptic Instagram post kind of saying that he's no longer going to be on the team. Christian Jones, Alec Ogletree, neither of those names are confirmed to be back. I know the Bears signed a linebacker today um, to a future reserves contract. I don't remember his name. If one of you guys want to tell me who that was, you can while I'm talking about this. Um, do you know you said? Because it sounds like you're about to say, you can say it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's Noah Dawkins, and just so you know, FYI, Caleb Johnson's actually listed on the current roster for the Bears on Wikipedia, which is the most accurate source of information for Chicago Bears stuff. So Perfect. you missed the memo, Mr. Stevenson. You missed the memo. This is Apparently, apparently you know, I did. I under, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you um, did. That's what happens when you don't do your research. Apparently so, but I'm going to get back to Caleb Johnson a little bit. Awesome story. Uh, first player in his program's history to get not only make it to the NFL, um, but to make it on the active 53-man roster. Um, dude's a grinder, works hard, good size. Um, like what I saw him on a special teams, could definitely be a guy who has a shot to maybe step into a large role in defense. Not saying he's a the next, you know, Ryan Erlach or anything like that, but the Bears are going to need linebacker depth this year, and I think Matt Eberflus can get a lot out of a guy like him. Now I got a name for you as well, who um, not a huge name in college, not a guy who did much this year, practice squad guy, but we've talked a little bit about tight ends. Um, I could see a bear. I could see the bears give another shot for scooter Harrington. I'm not just saying this because of his name, but he's got decent frame for an uh, NFL tight end. Six, five, two fifty. not super productive in stamp at Stanford, but if the Bears are going to be overhauling the tight end room or maybe not overhauling the tight end room, maybe they're going to try to keep things consistent. You have a guy like that. Maybe he had a good season on the practice squad. Maybe he's having a good off season. You're trying to find that kind of fourth or third tight end to play special teams, get involved in the offense. Again, I hope the Bears utilize more of their tight ends in 2022. Harrington's a guy to just keep your eye on as well. Again, nothing, nothing flashy in college. You know, didn't, didn't put up huge numbers or anything. But if the Bears are going to, you know, Bears are definitely going to be moving on from Jimmy Graham. Could see some name changes there. Young player, like his size, you know, again, just a, just another name to kind of throw out into the abyss. Uh, but obviously, we all know Caleb Johnson's my guy. Had to throw him on, on here, hoping he can get a larger role in 2022. Fingers crossed on that. I had to respect him and let you have him too, because I know I know how much I love him. He's such a special teams monster. Like, at the very least, you can say that. Oh, he's got an end. Dude, it's unbelievable. You like you you watch a kickoff and he's the first one down there every time. Like it's like 
you don't see that. From, normally you see that from like, you know, the corners, you know, coming off the edge and they're normally the ones, you know, keeping everything inside and they're normally the fastest ones. Caleb Johnson flies down. He runs through people. He does not care. And he'll take someone's soul. And I love it. I love it. And I know Eberflus with his mentality of speed, aggression, his strength and all that. He's going to love Caleb Johnson. He's going to absolutely love him. Well, I appreciate you letting me have my moment of fame there because uh, I-, I do appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, Dude grinds on special teams, and that's a big thing. And, again, I'll, I'll reiterate it again. The Bears need linebacker depth this year. And if they can get a guy in an undrafted free agent rookie deal and, again, a guy who fits the mold of what Coach Eberflus wants, you look no farther than Caleb Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because we talked about last year at this time how running back was the – best positional group on the roster but let's kind of flip the narrative here guys and talk about what's the weakest positional group on the roster going into 2022 i'm gonna let joe go first because i have to respond to this text oh okay i thought you were gonna say a little stuff like you know we do first but uh um i mean the obvious answer is wide receiver like you i'll let you guys talk about that first but i'll kind of talk about an underrated one um i would say cornerback i mean you you got jalen johnson and then after that, it's just question marks. And again, Thomas Graham, bright future. I think he'd be a very solid slot or starting corner. I mean, what else you got? Like you, you need to bring in a solid cornerback too. Again, we talked about it. there's not a ton of pressure on the cornerback position under Ibrahimovic's defense, but they do need more bodies in there. And whether that's bringing more guys like Artie Burns that flop somewhere else and could have a revival of a career. I'm not sure, but they don't have a nickel that I have faith in. They don't have a outside corner. I have faith in. So I think that's a pretty big need. Again, you got Jalen Johnson. He could easily be developed into an all pro corner. But besides that, they really need a lot of help there. And again, there's obviously more obvious answers, but I didn't want to take everybody else's possibly two obvious answers. And if they don't talk about it, I'll talk about it again, but uh, I'll let, I'll let Sam or you say go next. Those are my two. Um, so I'll just kind of build on the points that you brought up because I absolutely agree with you. We, we, we talked about wide receivers to Ignazium. Again, there's legitimately two guys on the roster, and one of them's a six-round pick that played in like four games, and the other one's Darnell Mooney. Quarterback, same thing. I, I, I'm reiterating your points. You basically have Jalen Johnson, who had a really good start to the year, kind of fell off a little bit, came back strong. Solid, solid player. Great second year. Absolutely has the tools to be an all-pro corner. We saw the flashes in Thomas Graham Jr., but he didn't get to play a lot. And that's basically it. I would be shocked if Kendall Vildor is on this roster. I would be shocked if Artie Burns is on this roster. I could see the Bears absolutely spending money at this position in free agency just because, again, finding a veteran to play alongside Jalen Johnson is such a big deal, and I like the secondary market this offseason. Uh, and, again, I mean, it is a positional group that it's important. You look at the NFC North, you know, Especially this year, you know, you got guys like Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings. I'm on Ross St. Brown, took a big step with the with the Detroit Lions. He's a guy I really, really like. There's potential that Devontae Adams is going to be staying in Green Bay. We don't know what's going on in that situation. Both him and Aaron Rodgers could be back. Adam Thielen is another name as well. You need to be able to prepare for these guys within your conference. These are That's a good receiver group right there, in my opinion. Um, hard for me to even rope in a Detroit Lions player into that conversation, but Give Amon Rob St. Brown some respect because that man had an absolutely great second half of the year. Again, um, not really a whole lot else to add. Uh, I, I truly do think those are our two biggest uh, positional groups with kind of the biggest weaknesses and question marks going into the offseason. See, 
Those are great positions. Now, everyone's going to list wide receiver cornerback, but I think for me personally, just the turnover that we're going to see on the defensive line this offseason makes it a position to monitor. Now, I understand that part of the transition is going to on defense as we go from 3-4 to 4-3 here is going to see Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn get back to playing defensive ends, which, side note, as we've highlighted many times on this channel before anyone else did and on this show, what's kind of happened is Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack were significantly better as 4-3 defensive ends than they were as 3-4 pass rushers. I'm just going to say because they both had like 16 or 17 sacks. But anyways, the point I'm making, guys, is this, is that you don't know what you're going to have on the defensive line next season because you look at this roster and that positional group. Is it encouraging? I mean, yeah, let's be real. But you need to find a true three technique. Who's going to start next to that three technique because you're going to have two defensive tackles, okay? Quinn and Mack is also awesome, but I think that Quinn and Mack are so scheme transcendent that I would not be surprised to see them standing up at times either and having someone like a Angelo Blackson or a Mario Edwards Jr. come in as defensive. And then another you know, interesting name is Kyrus Tonga because Tonga, we understand, had a decent season last year, especially for a seventh-round rookie. But when you look at Kairos Tonga from the perspective of can he line up as a three technique, does he fit Matt Eberflus's defense, that's something that we really need to fully look into considering. And so seeing what's going to happen with that defensive line up front, knowing that Akeem Hicks is gone, Eddie Goldman probably gone, Bilal Nichols, I don't know. Now, Bilal Nichols is one of those guys that you could very easily see the Bears bringing back and starting. Or he's one of those guys that's going to get massively overpaid because some other team is going to bet on potential. And then what's going to happen is bye-bye Bilal Nichols. So def it's defensive line for me, guys. No, I think defensive line is definitely an, an underlooked position. I, I could see the Bears completely gutting that group apart, especially if you know Ryan Poles doesn't think that paying a guy like Angelo Blackson or Mario Edwards Jr. is worth it. Um, and just getting that money back again, sneaky cuts potentially. Kyrus Tonga, name with question marks for sure. Can he kind of adjust to the new scheme? Um, I could see the offensive line being a weak positional group just because, um, they weren't fantastic. There's question marks with guys like Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borm. I don't think it's our weakest positional group, but I think arguably the best offensive lineman for the Bears in 2021 was James Daniels, and he's currently an undrafted free or, um, an unrestricted free agent, so could no longer be here in 2022. So, um, oh, Joe, did I take your thing? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let okay. you go from here. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think Poles completely revamped this line group. There's no I – mean, if you cut white hair, there's absolutely no veteran presence in the room, and you got two rookies in Borman Jenkins, and you're going to have no, no, like, uh, no connection to anyone if you're bringing an entire new line. So – that's all I was really going to say. I mean, you kind of touched on everything else. I mean, Jace Daniels is probably our best lineman this year so far, and he's probably gone, and must have for socks, and we really don't have a left tackle. And I have faith in Jenkins. I do not have faith in left tackle. Borm, I don't either. So I think they're honestly a mess. So we'll see what Poles does with his offseason. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad somebody talked about it at least. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's I feel bad because you let me have my Caleb Johnson moment, but I guess we're we're even now. But man, oh, yeah. yeah, no, we're even. We're even now. Okay. 
Ah, yeah, so hmm. SMH. Am I white? Not even paying attention, just texting on his phone. Wow, unbelievable. Well, someone has to get the graphic for your special project made. Someone also Good point. a phone call. Good Jeff, point. Someone also had a phone call today regarding new social media strategies, which we will discuss after the podcast for a couple neat. minutes. Yes, very, very neat, Mr. Stevenson. But anyways, last question here. And because Joe said that I always go first, I'm going to let Sam go first this time. Dude, Tyra and the Bears have Cole Clement. But I think it's worth asking because a lot of people are, you know, the common theme that I'm seeing with the Bears roster this year is this, is that when we get into these discussions with fans on social media, and I'm not talking about the one that Joe posted from the Facebook group regarding Jordan Lynch or something. Oh, that was so bad. (laughs) That was so bad. All right, focus as my mom texts me here telling me to shut up, but she's not actually doing that. But anyways, the question I think needs to be asked, guys, because every single time I listen to any of these narratives regarding the roster from the fan base, and we love all our fans, by the way, you know, the common theme exists is this, Sam, is that let's just move on from this guy and this guy and this guy because he was a Ryan Pace pick and it's just not going to work out under Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. But tight end's one of those positions where, okay, did Ryan Pace overdraft Cole Komet? Yeah. Do the Bears have an opportunity to upgrade? Possibly. But is upgrading tight end a want or is it really a need in an offseason where you're trying to lay the foundation with such limited resources? And before I let Sam go here and answer the question, the reason we bring Ryan Pace up so much, and we've done over the last couple of weeks, even though he's not here anymore, is because Joe's going to agree with me on this. The state of this roster is that it does need some rebuilding, but you could also revamp it. And if Justin Fields develops properly, get back to competing at a high level. But much of this foundation has basically been laid by Ryan Pace in terms of a lot of the major pieces. But thoughts on the tight end question, Samuel? Well, obviously, priority one is bringing back Jesper Horstead. Um, after that, who cares? I'm just kidding. Um, it feels more like a, a want than a need. And my thought process is I think the tight end – position is very important in football. Um, I, I think that is a reason why the Bears drafted Cole Komet in 2020 with their first pick. Um, Cole Komet was arguably the best tight end in that draft class. I think we've seen a lot of potential out of him. I think he had a better sophomore season. Again, uh, we'll see how this third season goes. I, I, I Again, I've talked about it so many times, but hard to not root for the guy. Um, I want him to be successful. I've been critical of him before, but I think I, I legitimately think he improved substantially in 2021 when i look at the bears tight end situation cole Komet's a guarantee you have some solid in-house options you can bring back a jesse james a guy who has a good connection with fields during the uh summer camp uh had a really nice catch for a touchdown when um i don't remember what game that was it might have been the detroit lions but don't quote me on that um but another guy again it's a cheap option i obviously love jesper horstead three touchdown catches with 10 career receptions, no big deal. Um, but a guy who I think could develop into a really nice U tight end. Um, and the tight end depth in this draft is pretty good. And I think the tight end market in free agency is not terrible. I don't want the Bears to go after like a Mike Kosicki or a David Najuko, but 
there's options for sure. Now, the, the thing is that the reason why I say it's a want is we're looking at this Bears roster. I think there's absolutely an argument that if Fields can can kind of take a, a Joe Burrow-esque second-year step or, or even a, a kind of Carson Wentz-esque second-year step because despite the criticisms, Carson Wentz was a very good quarterback in his second year of the NFL. Um, but the Bears are, are again, going to be – they could be successful again. They could be winning games again for sure. But – I just don't know if I can justify looking at my franchise as a new GM and saying, we're going to spend a lot of resources and money at the tight end room. Ryan Pace did that, and we're now stuck paying Jimmy Graham until 2023, and Jimmy Graham's going to be 30, I think is 36. Nothing against Jimmy Graham. Had a good 2020 season, pretty much a non-factor in 2021. So it's definitely a positional group that needs to be addressed a little bit. You could get some. You could get a solid guy late in the draft. You know, again, if, especially if the Bears are going to be trading back. You know, Jeremy Ruckert's a name that comes to mind. There, Cole Turner's another name that comes to mind. A couple other guys as well. Those are just two that I've been really liking in mock drafts. Have been falling in like the fourth, fifth rounds. Um, but ultimately, it, it feels like you're going to the grocery store, getting groceries, and you walk by your favorite candy and you want to buy it because you, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be worth it, but you don't know if you want to spend the money on it right now because you really need to focus on your groceries and the groceries in this metaphor is rebuilding this roster. And I'm going to leave Joe with that metaphor because I'm done talking. Beautiful metaphor. Thank you. But um, I love the point that you brought up that pace through a lot of allocation, a lot of capital, on both the draft and money-wise at the tight end position. So I think that's the reason why polls should not. I really don't think it should be either a need or a want. I mean, I I guess maybe if you have the extra cast base and a guy like Gesicki comes super cheap, sure, maybe. But like I said earlier, I'm 100% satisfied and happy with the Bears rolling with a Cole Komet, Jesper Horstead, and Jesse James tight end room. If you kept those three in-house – Next year, possibly like obviously a fullback too, if you wanted to go that route too. If you kept those guys in house, I'm totally satisfied with that. Like again, it, it it's like like you were saying, like it's not it's not a need right now. Like you need to revamp the offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver room, add another corner, add another safety. You have a lot more pressing needs than like you already have a 22 year old tight end that was a second round pick that has a ton of potential to be a very good all around tight end as a guy like Kyle Rudolph a career in the NFL for years. He is very similar to that skill set, and I think he could be that. You have a guy like Jesper Horst said that showed a lot of flashes, and in the limited time he played, he caught touchdown passes and made great catches. And Jesse James is a great backup. So I really don't think it should even be a priority at all. I really think it's possibly – I think the only priority would be bringing back Jesse James, but outside of that, I think that should be like the last thing you should be thinking of in terms of improving any sort of position group on the Bears. You know what's interesting is as soon as Sam was talking about going to the grocery store and buying your favorite candy and deciding whether or not you actually wanted to go ahead and drop it in your shopping basket or your shopping cart, I was looking at a picture of trolleys, which is the last time that Sam ate any sort of candy on the podcast, the Barely Hibernating podcast. And he was making so much noise and didn't even realize it. And I'm like, what is that noise? So I have yeah, trolleys. Is, you have, have trolleys? I have trolleys hearts. 
Oh, uh, look at that. That's his love for Jesper Horstead right there. But, you know, for me, this is more so, guys, it's all about a want, right? Because people just want, you know, the Bears to have every star player. And while the Bears having a star player at every position would be great, I think there's something to be said in terms of the chemistry that Justin Fields and Cole Komet developed last offseason and just throughout the season was really noticeable. I mean, it's one of those connections where we talk about Justin Fields' lack of chemistry with Mooney and Robinson and Marquise Goodwin and having to build that on the fly. Well, the one to Cole Komet was that connection I thought really came seamlessly. So I look at that and I say, you know what? You don't need to upgrade the tight end room significantly. Obviously there is going to be some depth that has to be brought back. I would say Jimmy Graham completely gone, but guys like Jesper Horstead, JP Holtz, as well as Jesse James, you certainly bring back. And you know, Jesse James is kind of the most intriguing option of that name for me because I know I've mentioned on the podcast that guys like Horstead and JP Holtz have not necessarily gotten fair shakes just because Matt Nagy was stubborn and refused to play rookies as well as undrafted guys, unless the Bears really needed to. And it turns out the undrafted guys were actually significantly better contributors than some of the guys that the Bears had signed in free agency or drafted with actual draft picks in the NFL draft. But the point I think I'm making is that these guys, like, I think this can be a really good tight end trio if the Bears do this the right way in terms of Cole Komet, Jesse James, and Jesper Horstead. I know Jesper Horstead looks small, but I think people forget he's like six foot four, 240 pounds or something, you know, which he's not as big as James or some of these other tight ends, but there's certainly enough to him. And I think that he's another one. The chemistry he developed with Justin Fields really speaks volumes as to what the bears could possibly do. Because if you're Chicago right now, you are looking for any way possible to even get your tight end involved in the passing game, just to get that passing game off the ground, because this passing game is not going to get off the ground solely due to, overhauling the wide receiver room. It's going to get off the ground when you get the tight ends and the wide receivers fully involved. This this feels like a Cole Komet evaluation year, in my opinion. And there's several other names that I think are definitely going to be in kind of this evaluation year because I think when you look at Ryan Pohl's kind of situation, looking at the roster, there's a lot of really good young talent. But there could be young talent that maybe – is it right for the bears or maybe is promising, but doesn't get to there. And I think Cole Komet is one of those names where I think if I'm the bears offense, I'm Luke Getzky offensive coordinator. I'm looking at Komet and saying, all right, man, show me what you got. Because if you're going to be our guy, you know, we don't need you to be Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, but we need you to produce. And, you know, I think all signs point to him having a big third year. I'm, I'm excited about the potential there. But, again, I think one of the biggest reasons why this is a want and not a need is because I do think there's some faith in Cole Komet. He's not the best tight end in the league, but I think he's pretty good, and I think he got better. I was very critical of him early in the year. I think he got he began to get more involved in the offense. This is an evaluation year for him. This is a, all right, you need to prove to us that you can be our tight end one because the guys behind him aren't as important in terms of who they are. Obviously, it's nice to have a good tight end room, but I mean, you have a good tight end one and a Cole Komet who can kind of do a mix of both things. The guys behind him aren't as significant and, and not saying that they're not relevant, but having a good tight end one in your offense is so, so important. This is going to be a big year for Cole Komet. I, I think it's going to be an evaluation year. 
It certainly is, guys. Did you want to say something, lovely Dovely Herf? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like they're going to at least write out the contracts to everybody on the entire room by Cole Komet. Um, like, why not? Like, it's just not going to, it's not going to be beneficial to cut them. So I think they're going to keep it as is. And like you're saying, it's evaluation year. I thought that was a really good point. I just want to mention that too. You know, what I think is also really good is the fact that we've been recording this for an hour and seven minutes and your laptop hasn't died yet, which means they probably did something right. I'm going to knock on wood because I don't know if I jinxed it. You jinxed but... the heck out of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to crash right after the sense. All right, anyways, guys, so speaking of an hour and seven minutes, we're going to get out of here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. We've got an Ole Miss SEC defensive prospect hopping on the show. This week, we'll release that interview in an audio version. We just talked to Trayvon Bradford, wide receiver from Oregon State University. That is an interview that's up on our YouTube channel. It'll be in podcast format by the end of the week, too. Make sure you are liking, commenting, subscribing to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review. Make sure you're following myself, Sam and Joe on Twitter at Usain Kosha at Chai Sports Sam and at Joseph Herf NFL. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you may be, ladies and gentlemen. Stay warm, stay safe, stay cool, and remember to bear down because March is right around the corner. So we'll be back next week with a mock draft aganza, I guess. Is draft aganza probably the right term? But peace out, guys. We'll catch you all next week. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.